Welcome back, everyone, to the take two of the Counterculture podcast intro. Uh, my name's Derek Mount, and over here we have our lovely other host. Uh, as in the last intro, he kind of blushed, but the Anthony Remender. How are you doing today, Anthony? Again? I'm still doing great, doing even better now that we had the warm-up intro. Usually we don't have that. I'm glad you kept the lovely in there. I'm glad you had the, the you yeah. kept calling me lovely. You, you got to. You're a, you're a lovely person, a lovely lad. All right. Well, today uh, for our, our our podcast, we're gonna. So we did the revival last week for 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 the one episode, and this week we're carrying over from apostolic secession and talking about the essential beliefs of Christianity. Um, and I think this is fundamental, um, especially for the Christian faith, because of the way it aligns us to worshiping the one and only true God. And I don't think if if we have any of these now, I'm not saying all there's a, I'm not saying all doctrine is not essential. So don't don't but essential to knowing who God is and for salvation. I, I think this is. From my perspective, there's about five or six main ones that we need. Um, and then you have other, quote-unquote, not non-essential doctrines that are, you know, not salvation issues, um, I, I would say. I don't know if you agree with me on that, Anthony. Um, I, yeah, well, I mean, my agreement is going to depend on, you know, what your specific ones are. So, but yeah, I mean, I would agree that there are some essential things and some non-essential things that are like... That are doctrines that have, well, some people believe and some people don't. But they're not really necessary. I would for sure agree with that. I mean, last time you explained your last time as in technically two times ago, which is honestly, it's been a month at this point since we had that apostolic succession conversation. Yeah. That's been a month since that got posted, I think, because we had last week was revival then two weeks of break. Four weeks ago was this one. Anyhow, that's just to say that in at the end of that episode, I asked you what you, you know, I wanted to prime you to be thinking, what are your essential beliefs that you think are, are necessary to be called a Christian? Um, you gave me your five off the dome, your five. You said, I got about five here, and then you listed seven. <laughs> and so uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see how those compare to what you say what you say now so i guess what what are uh-huh. the ones that you think like what you said you've read more about it since and you, um so what do you think now i i would say most importantly which i think may shock people but as i it makes more sense the way so number one is i think the authority and inerrancy of scripture the bible um because the the Bible, in a sense, tells us all about, you know, the doctrines. It tells us about who God is. Um, and I think today, um, as, as we see now, as there's a lot of attack on the Bible um, and trying to say, well, the words in there are, in there are not um, God-breathed, you know. There, there's air in the Bible, but I, I think fundamentally it goes back to, you know, if if we don't have a if we don't have if, if the Bible isn't authoritative and inerrant, then how can we trust 
the Bible, what it says is true. That's kind of like the perspective I kind of look at that with the Bible. Because if it's not an errand and it has errors in it, so then how, how do we know, you know, um, how do we know what it says about Christ or, or, or God, who God is, or other other certain aspects? How do we know that it's true or not? Um, and that's that's one thing which our society struggles with most today is what is true and what is not. Um, and, and we believe, I mean, we finally believe this is the word of God. It's, it's, it's the truth, you know, um, that, that explains who who God truly is. And I think that's a, um, a essential one. I don't know if you agree with me on, on the, the Bible being authoritative and inerrant as a central you know, kind of doctrine in a sense. Um, I, would you say that like, when you say inerrant and authoritative, are you saying the, that it's the only authority? Yes. So then I would disagree. Like, I don't think that it's, I mean, at least, I'm not saying I disagree that it is the only authority or it's the only infallible authority, but I don't think that that's a necessary belief to be a Christian. You're saying you think it's a necessary, like, the, like, sola scriptura idea is, like, of scripture alone? That's that's an essential belief? I'm, I'm saying that you need, even, even apart from the scripture alone piece, I think the Bible, even from the Catholic view, they think the Pope has authority. But even, there should be you should have a, a the scripture should have authority the pope you know is under the lens of scripture too i su- i suppose you know if if that's not fair to say so if something the pope says contradicts what scripture says who has more authority so if the pope says well god's not triune you know even though the bible clearly states that god is triune you know is that not, you know, whose authority you take? You usually do the substantial where you take the Bible because that's the final authority upon everything, um, if that makes sense. That's what I'm trying to... Right, so I'm just trying to, like, I'm just trying to, like, parse out the distinction you're making here between... Because there's a difference between saying that the Bible is the only authority and the Bible is the top authority. Or, and there's a difference between authority and infallibility. You can say something that's you can say that something's authoritative without saying that it's infallible. Um, you can also say something that's that you can say that the so you could make the argument that if using the Pope as you brought up, like you could make the argument that the Pope is an authority, like the Pope is authoritative, but the Bible is more authoritative. So, like, when you're saying that the inerrancy and authority of Scripture is an essential belief, I'm just trying to figure out if you're saying that it's the, that what's essential to believe is that the Bible is the only authority or that it's the only infallible source or just that it is a infallible authority. I, 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 like, like I said, I think it's the, I mean, I'm not really sure what the Pope's authority, but I suppose if the Pope says a heresy about Jesus Christ, will you say, well, he has authority to make that claim, even though the Bible contradicts, you know, he contradicts the Bible. So, I mean, I, I don't know if I would give, I don't, I don't believe the Pope has authority, um, but 
ultimately, I think it still boils down that scripture, even if you look at it your lens, that scripture has the final authority over the Pope and that it's inerrant. It's without error. You know, and it has, again, repeat it, final, final authority over the, what the Pope says. I suppose, I don't really know, you know, from the Catholic, because I know if the Pope says something, he has authority, you know, to, to enact that. But I'm not really, you know, if I, if I look at it and contradict scripture, then, you know, it's like, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you still say scripture has the final authority and is inerrant in its way, you know? Yeah, yeah, and what, yeah, I believe, like, I understand what you're saying, like, you're saying that scripture is the, the top authority, but what I'm asking is, do you think that scripture is the only authority, mm-hmm. like, in terms of being authoritative, yeah. and so do you, yeah. you, do you think it's the only infallible thing, like, the scripture is the only yes. thing that's infallible, okay, so are you yes. saying that believing, because that's, that's sola scriptura. That's that's scripture alone. That's like what that's what that doctrine is. So I understand that you believe that. Um, my question though is on like the necessity of believing that. Like, do you believe like that you, in order to be a Christian, you have to believe that the Bible is the only authority and the only source of infallibility? Or if there's someone who believes that there are multiple sources of authority and multiple things that are infallible. So they would say the Bible is infallible and then also X, Y, and Z are infallible. Is that person a Christian if they believe the Bible is infallible along with other things? So do they believe the Pope's infallible? Um, They believe that he can make certain infallible statements, but he is not infallible all the time. So in the sense of so infallibility in terms of like sinning, if that's what you mean, I mean like in his statements on doctrine, they believe that he's infallible only in specific circumstances where he speaks ex cathedra, which is a specific type of papal statement that can be made that is declared to be on behalf of the whole church. And when he makes that statement, those statements are considered infallible. So he only makes those statements on occasion. Um, but he's not always infallible. Only when he's making those types of statements. It's a very. That, that's I yeah. I, it's kind of weird. I don't, that that is very weird because like if he says some out of pocket thing like you know, with with saying well this is what the the church should follow then. Yeah. Know, again, it goes back on the, the Bible has final authority. I I. I I would say. The reason why I bring the, the claim of the Bible having final authority and infallibility is because of the truth part of the way it gives us all our theology in a sense of how it, it tells us who God is. That's why it's foundational. You mm-hmm. know, that's why. If, do you think like if the Pope says something and tries to enact it as an authoritative, you know, doctrine or theology, even though it clearly contradicts the Bible, would you say you would take the Bible or the Pope's authority? Like, Me? does he go through the main... No, no, just, like, Catholics in a whole, would they go oh. through the main line of the, the Bible? So, if the Pope makes a claim and saying this is the authority, like, over the church, it says... So, you're saying with, like, the doctrine issue, if they bring something, they, they have the infallibility to make statements. Now, I know Popes in the past have made very, 
they've like kind of i know the catholic church in a sense i think you were telling me how they kind of retracted some of the things that popes enacted because they're just you know basically like like it goes back to just basically out of pocket but how do they know that you know like what what if a pope says something and says it's authoritative over the whole catholic church even though it contradicts scripture which one would they take they would probably take scripture but i don't i don't know if that's how they view it yeah so if the pope were to make and obviously can't speak on this from personal like experience but if the pope were to make an infallible, because like I said, he can make certain ex cathedra statements mm-hmm. that are considered infallible. Uh, if he makes one of those statements that does contradict scripture, well, they would say it doesn't contradict scripture. They would say that that's not possible. It's not possible. Like an, an ex cathedra statement from the Pope has never contradicted scripture because it's not mm-hmm. possible because they're both infallibly true. And so if the Pope were to make certain claims uh, that were not technically infallible, that were not ex cathedra, that seemed to contradict scripture and were incorrect and were out of pocket, as you said, then they would say, well, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter as much because it's not ex cathedra. It's authoritative, sure, but it's not ex cathedra. So it's not, if it violates scripture, then like, I, I think they would still believe scripture. Although mm-hmm. there are certain if it directly contradicted scripture, I mean, there could be something that's not found in scripture, right? Like the celibacy of priests is not found in scripture, right? Like that's not something that's prescribed by scripture, but church has made that declaration. And so that's authoritative and it's a doctrine that Catholics have to abide by and Catholic priests and bishops have to abide by, even though it's not found in scripture because it doesn't contradict scripture, um, according to them, then they have the authority to do that. So it's kind of complicated. And honestly, I sometimes feel like a lot of it is just a way of like coping with it's kind of making like making excuses for things that are not scripturally based. And a lot of the time, so I don't know, I can't really defend it because I don't yeah. believe it. Right. So I, I, I would imagine that's what they would say. But mm-hmm. my question though, about your belief on the authority and inerrancy of the Bible, it's not whether the Bible is the top authority because I mean, I would, I of course wouldn't disagree with that, but my question is, so you're saying when you say that it's essential to believe in the inerrancy and authority of, of the Bible, there's, are you saying just that, that it's necessary to believe in the inerrancy and authority of the Bible or that the Bible is the only infallible source is it necessary to believe that the bible is the only infallible source or that it's just a infallible source at least see i so i i so here's how i'm going to say it. i will disagree with those who say well it's there's other authority sources but again if they go back to the foundation of saying the bible is the authority or in a sense is the quote-unquote final authority and is infallible i i don't think even though i disagree with a part of catholics having the pope as an authority i still i still don't think it contradicts how the even though with that this disagreement i don't think it can still contradict scripture of saying you hold this up to the utmost having the final authority 
over over your life over over what you believe of who god is because again like i go back how else do we know who god is through his word now Mm -hmm. if we have other people you know it's like well you know let's go to the the quran it talks about god it's like no it's the bible that tells you you know who god is and god's gifted us the bible to be able to know know him you know um so I, I would have to think about it more, but like I said, I that's where I kind of land. Even though I disagree with authority piece of how they have other authorities, I still think if they hold to the authority and infallibility of Scripture, I think they're good. Um, Even I if just, they believe I that there say, is like another infallible source. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I, I just think it's essential just because the truth aspect in the Bible. That's that's the reason why. Right. So even if even if they believe there's another infallible source as well as the Bible, then they, that's, that's okay. Even though you disagree. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cause they still hold the Bible as authoritative and right. Okay. Um, infallible. Gotcha. Um, what's your next one? Uh, I think, I guess these won't be in order of importance, but well, they're all the number one. one. That's the point. They're all essential. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think the next one is probably the the triune, you know, God being one God, but in three persons. I think that's essential to Christianity. I think if you don't have that, um, you're basically, I mean, you're worshiping a false God. Yeah. Um, um, and no I think, argument there. Um, I I actually kind of wanted to read the Nicene Creed, what they yeah, say about it. Yeah, I probably it. will. Um, Maybe I, I will. Well, do you want to read it now, or do you want me to read it after you're done with your five? I can. Let's just read it now. Let's just go in order. And you, if you want to read it, it talks about we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. Well, is this a poem? No, this is a Nicene mm, Creed. No. Are you reading the That's, first one or the... I don't even know. There's because there's two once versions. Once you read it for us, once you once you read it for us, so you have it pulled up. Yeah, yeah, I do have it pulled. I have both pulled up. There's so history as to why I say that there's two, ver- which versions? Because the first council of Nicaea in 325 wrote the Nicene Creed, and then 56 years later, the first council of Constantinople uh, updated it and added some things, mostly about the Holy Spirit, because there was some renewed attacks on. You know, mm-hmm. some heretical attacks on the nature yep. of the Holy Spirit. And the Nicene Creed was originally created to refute Arianism. The idea that uh, the, 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 the saying of Arianism was there was a time when Christ was not. So there was a, yes. Christ is a created being. And so this is why the Nicene Creed was written and then focused so much on the nature of the Trinity. So the updated version that goes in, that talks about uh, the Holy Spirit more says we believe in one god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible and in one lord jesus christ the only begotten son of god begotten of the father before all worlds light of light very god of very god begotten not made consubstantial with the father by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the holy ghost and of the virgin mary and was made man he was crucified for us under pontius pilate and suffered and was buried 
and the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And from thence he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. In one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And then there's a little thing at the end uh, that kind of refutes Arianism, like I said. Um, they add a little addendum at the end that says, but to those who say there was a time when he was not, and he was not before he was made, and he was made out of nothing, or he is of another substance or essence, basically trying to divide the Son from the Trinity, saying that he's a created part of it, or the Son of God is created, or changeable, they are condemned by the Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. That's the Nicene Creed. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that goes perfectly into the other three, I guess, essential beliefs is the person of Christ, um, how he was 100% man and 100% God. Um, he wasn't just 100% God or he wasn't just man, you know, just a pop. He was, he was both. Um, I think, again, that mentions basically the the hmm, just who christ is and mm -hmm. and it also mentions the bodily resurrection too which i think is very important because i think as paul states in uh first corinthians 15 it says now if christ is proclaimed and raised uh raised from the dead how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead well if there's no resurrection of the dead not even christ has been that not even christ has been raised and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and our faith is in vain. And I think the bodily resurrection is the most, uh, I mean, it's basically the the substantial of what the Christian faith is. Like, you know, if Christ didn't raise, then it, didn't, was raised from the, um, from the grave and resurrect, then we would basically, our, our faith would be in vain and we're doing everything we're doing for no apparent reason like there's no reason because right. it's just off a backbone of a lie um and that's why people try to i think a lot of people try to talk attack the resurrection um too today today like oh did jesus resurrect oh no he didn't there's no evidence but i think one evidence that christians could use i don't know if you agree with this is you know if you read you know the scriptures and you read how you have 12 uh, it would be 11 timid disciples uh, kind of portray but the disciples were scared after christ died mm -hmm. and you know he you know they were scared they thought they were going to get you know basically the same death as he did which most of them i mean suffered i mean peter was crucified upside down but still suffered terrible deaths um at the hands of the romans and you know other people but just the way that you know you look at it is those apostles those disciples those 500 people saw something you know who saw something saw, saw something you know right and it caused this whole movement where throughout you know since the you know 80 33 or, or since after christ died um around that time like just a whole movement guess what christianity spread throughout the whole entire world which is crazy to me i don't mm -hmm. i don't know like 
it's like it's like it it's crazy that people can say well christ didn't rise from the dead you have no evidence but i mean dude look at that like there's no way like i look at it there's no way men and women would have basically tried to pass a lie for to to be to be basically beaten to death or, or, or like you know like there's a lot i think riding on the line especially back then you know, because they also, there's a lot of them had families and stuff um, who were martyred, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it was just a terrible thing, but they, they literally praise God going to, you know, the grave because they were like, I'm going to meet Jesus. And that's like nothing, nothing's better um, than that. And I, I think that's one of the, the biggest, I think, I think evidences apart from not even it says it in scripture and it's done in history of, of the resurrection of christ um which people try to again attack which is like that's attaching they they just try to attack the essential beliefs of christianity and what it is because you know you get you get one of them off like arianism and say well you're you know it's it, it, christ what what do they say he was a spirit right uh, they said no. Or, they said he was a man, but they just, they just said that he was created, and yeah, that, it, like that was basically the whole thing. It was like Christ was created. Yeah. So it's like that. Guess what? You're worshiping a false Christ. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like Muslims. They worship a false Christ. They believe in everything. How you know he he virgin birth. You know he died on a. He they didn't believe he died on a crucifix. He ascended from the crucifix. But the one thing they say is he was just a prophet. He was just a man. It's that slight difference that makes us worship a false god. And that's why, like, with, with I think, doctrine and reading scripture is so important because we don't want to worship a false god. And basically, our salvation would be in vain if we did that, you know? Yeah. It wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be, what do we call it? I kind of went on a tangent. It'd be meaningless because we're, it's just, it's not true salvation. Yeah. Um, so that's your number three, the person of Christ. What was your number? Did you say your number four? Uh, I think the gospel has to be essential. That's your number four. I, I would say, yeah. I well, what, what do you mean I by mean, the gospel? What, what the gospel is. Like, yeah, how does that differ? Like, wh- what part of the gospel? Because, like, the person of Christ is, is like, essential to the gospel. Would you, like, would you, would, would you, hmm. Oh, you said, did you say bodily resurrection was for? Yeah, bodily resurrection was for. Right. Um, so is gospel five, six? I, I think, I think, no, I think five. I mean, can we tie in salvation and the gospel? I mean... I think salvation is by the gospel, so. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like, salvation is, um, as, uh, let me think, because uh, I always, um, see, I don't, salvation, gospel, it's basically the same thing, but that salvation is, you know, for by grace you have been saved through faith. I think it's by grace that, you know, salvation comes. Um, it's nothing we deserved. And I think that's a substantial part. And that's a substantial part of the gospel of how we were all, you know, again, sinners, you know, we all deserve the, we all fell short of the glory of God. And as I think Romans three twenty three says, 
Um, and we were basically all on our way, in a sense, kind of to hell. You know, we deserve the wrath of God, but God being so merciful and gracious sent his only begotten son, as John 3.16 says, um, to live the perfect life we could never live and die to death we deserved and, you know, resurrected from the dead, you know. So for whoever puts their, you know, I think what it says, confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart, um, Jesus Christ is, is, is Lord um, and Savior, will be saved and have eternal life forever. I think that's substantial and essential. So number five, you would say, is, is salvation by grace? Yes, through faith. Salvation. So do you think faith alone is necessary for salvation? I mean, like, not faith alone is necessary for salvation, but I mean, like, do you think the concept of faith alone is necessary to be considered a Christian? Like, do you think you have to affirm that? That, okay, we have this, um, I think it, I think it clearly, now, 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 okay, this is where people, so salvation, now, in a sense, this is, can be a tricky subject because it's always heated, but I think, like a lot of people, I think, like you say, our first, you know, inerrant salvation, you know, is by grace, correct? Like our first initial, like that salvation, justification in a sense, is by grace through faith. Oh, you mean like like when we're initially born again? Yes. Would yeah, you I think say that's by that's, faith? Yeah. Uh huh. Now, I I think substantially. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying works do not play a vital role in our faith because it shows the genuineness of our faith. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, we're only saved by faith alone in Christ because he was the only one who can could you know basically i mean pay that price you know to to, to give us the access through the father we couldn't live the perfect life he lived you know we sh- again we should have died the death he died um and I, I think salvation is isn't dependent upon you know if we if we try to again if we try to make salvation dependent upon us and just our own working and doing, then I think we lose sense of, of the gospel. I'm not saying work is not important, but I'm saying again, essentially the only way, you know, you get to heaven and die and they'll be like, they'll be like, so, you know, um, what, what, why are, why are you in a sense? Um, why, why, why do you deserve to go be in heaven? Well, I think it's my works that do it, you know, Plus Christ. No, it's just going to be all of Christ because he's the one who, you know, given us. He, he's the one who bought that for us. Um, and I don't think any works plays a role in, in, in that being in heaven, in a sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, my question, though, is do you think believing that is essential like not 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 is faith essential for salvation like faith alone essential for salvation like that's that's me asking you to explain the doctrine i'm saying do you think that believing in that fact that it's faith alone is necessary like do you believe that believing in faith the doctrine of faith alone is essential so you think 
So you think Catholics aren't saved? And Orthodox aren't saved? You think only Protestants? So what? What are, are they? What are they? So do Catholics not believe? No. Again, I think with the Catholics' point of view is they. So with salvation, the terms they kind of quote with salvation is they bring in justification and sanctification together. Mm-hmm. In a sense, you know. I again, I guess in a sense. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true, but I, I, I think faith alone, I don't think any works plays a part. I, I think faith alone is very clearly laid out um, in the Bible. You know, how else was Abraham justified, you know, by faith in God? And I'm not saying that work wasn't there. Like I said, our, 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 our faith should produce genuine fruit um, that even in the fire, you know, won't be burned, you know, in the end, like. It's, it's everlasting fruit. Like it, it will reap rewards in heaven for us. But I don't think those works that we commit, again, I'm not saying we don't work hard, but I don't think those make us, they, they don't earn us our salvation. Right. So, so I think if we add, so yeah, I, I would say if you add works to salvation, I don't think you're, you're, you're going by what the gospel purely portrays that. It's by faith alone. So, yeah, so I understand that's, like, what you believe. And, like, I don't, so I don't, I understand what you, like, I understand, like, your belief about that or whatever. My question, though, is specifically, so then you're saying that no one except for Protestants are saved. Um, I would, I would disagree with you because I don't think all Catholics believe in the sense of being saved by grace and works i think there's catholics out there who are who believe that um by grace they have been saved through faith um and but i I think if you add works that you have to work yourself to earn that salvation i don't i I disagree with it i think you're just adding to um to salvation um and i i so I, I would say no, if we're, we're making the case that works play a part in earning us that favor in God's sight. So, there might be some people who claim to be Catholic who would agree with what you're saying, but that's not a Catholic belief. Like, that's a that's a condemned uh-huh. by the Catholic Church. So, no actual practicing Catholic who, like, like, they would be considered not necessarily a heretic, but they would be affirming a heretical belief. And so, the actual, like, like, the actual belief of the Catholic Church and of Catholics who affirm the Catholic Church. So Catholics is not faith alone. Faith alone uh-huh. is uh, is an, in, not an invention of Martin Luther because, I mean, the argument would be that it was an invention of God and then yeah. Paul, right? But that's the position of the Catholic Church is 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 not faith. The, the position of the Catholic Church and, and thus Catholics is not faith alone. So you're saying that those Catholics... And not just Catholics, but I mean, every Christian before Martin Luther, um, for you know, over a thousand years, we'll say a thousand years, there was no Christians. They were all going to hell because they affirmed the belief of the Catholic Church or now, the church. Do did they believe? See, see, the the, the point is, did do, so with their salvation? Do they believe? So if we look at it with justification, do they believe that's by faith alone? 
Um, they would believe that you can be justified by faith, and then there's also justification that can come from works. See, I just nope. So you don't think they're saved? See, see, so, so I, I think if you say I am justified by faith alone, by all means, yes, you are. But if you try to say, well, I'm also justified by the works I do, I don't think. I, I think that's just adding to what the, you know, what salvation is, you know, how we right. don't, I, I don't, I don't think we, like I said, I don't think we deserve, you know, I don't think anything in our being has any part of justifying ourselves in the eyes of God, because again, we're all sinners and we all fall short of the, of, of the glory of God, um, that's why I'd be inter. I don't know, because I heard from sal people, various people, saying that salvation, the Catholics combine, you know, um, just the, the essence of salvation as they 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 do a very they like come it, it comes down to terms. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I, you could probably explain more on the salvation of, of Catholics beliefs. I'm not really sure. Um, I can read to you. Well, first of all, one, I know what your belief is. Like, I know that your belief, like, I understand mm -hmm. why you believe what you believe. I understand your argument for it. My question isn't what you believe. My question is, like, explicitly, specifically, then, is it necessary to believe that to be considered a saved Christian? And so, yes. if you're saying yes, so Catholics are not saved. I mean, I suppose if they don't believe in that. Well, they don't believe in the doctrine of faith alone. Well, then. So then I they're guess not. not. I mean. So I then, mean, what do you think was? Is... So what do you think was going on before Martin Luther? Like, do you think Martin Luther like saved everyone? Like before Martin Luther, like no one was saved. Like officially I, I in the Catholic Church and the the Church at large. I, I don't really, know not because I don't church. I I because I don't I don't think the I don't think they I don't know that much of church history to to say well well maybe they just all resided in the Catholics teaching because the. The the one creed when 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 Luther split off they they made another creed correct, it's saying that if you believe by grace, through well, yeah I I wouldn't be I, I I will humble myself and say well I don't really know because of the way I'm not really up to date but I I think scripture is clear, um upon that it's salvation is by grace through through faith um alone and i'm not really sure on past beliefs but i think that's what the the bible says um and i think it's clearly portrayed um but i mean like i said i won't i won't speak on it because i don't know the terms catholics use because i've heard various things how catholics use terms differently that could basically mean the same thing. Don't really know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, I will read to you.
I have here the um, the canons and decrees of the mm -hmm. Council of Trent. So right after Martin Luther, uh, you know, wrote his theses and um, the Protestant Reformation started, the Council of Trent was convened in response to the Protestant Reformation, and they addressed all the concerns of the Protestant Reformation. Uh, there was 33 canons that were decreed on justification regarding faith and works. The first canon, canon one, concerning justification, says if anyone says that man can be justified before God by his own works, whether done by his own natural powers or through the teaching of the law, without divine grace through Jesus Christ, let him be anathema. So they're condemning works alone there. But then also, canon 12 says, if anyone says that justifying faith is nothing else than confidence in divine mercy, which remits sins for Christ's sake, or that this confidence alone justifies us, let him be anathema. So they're condemning works alone and faith alone. Now, I would say, well, so I think there, so the justification happens at salvation. I don't, I think what they're trying to go at, which I may be wrong, but I think some people who say, well, they're justified by faith alone. That means that they don't do anything and their life's not transformed. You know, in the in the sanctification, quote unquote, as we, we, we would I would say it, sanctification process. Um, but I think their first, you know, like I said, I, I I see with the terms, I'm not really sure what they mean with the with the terms. Uh because can you read the, the works one again? The second one? By yeah. chance? They said if anyone says there there's a there's a couple. I mean this whole thing is about faith versus works, but like Canon yeah. twelve says if anyone says that justifying faith is nothing else than confidence in divine mercy, which remits sins for Christ's sake, or that this confidence alone justifies us, let him be anathema. Hmm. They also say in, in Canon 12, if anyone says that the sinner is justified by faith alone, meaning that nothing else is required to cooperate in order to obtain the grace of justification, and that it is not in any way necessary that he be prepared and disposed by the action of his own will, let him be anathema. So are we talking about initial salvation, or are we talking about salvation in its entirety? I mean, they don't reference salvation here. They're not talking about salvation at all. They're talking about justification. So like, so like okay, was salvation like justification in a sense of, so what the Catholics do? do to prepare them so it's by what what would be the works that they would include in that uh, like would baptism be one would that be in a sense what they're talking about or i don't i don't know about baptism specifically but like they're saying that after faith there's a cooperation that has to happen with the grace of god in, in order to receive it we can we we, corrupt, we cooperate with god's will and god's grace and that's how we are. I mean, we're justified by faith, but then we're also justified by our continual cooperation with God's grace. And therefore, in, we receive it as justification. And that happens through, I mean, the sacraments and good works and oh. sanctification, which is all part of sanctification, generally speaking. I mean, 
is receiving the sacraments and doing good works and becoming so, more like Christ. I mean, but you you told me that they were justified by faith alone, in a sense, at the initial point, and then you said after after they have that perceived faith, then that those works to try to align your will with God's will and trying to conform more into the image of Christ, in a sense, comes after that where. You know, it uh-huh. kind of shows, as I kind of see it, it's the genuineness of your faith. Now, I think, like I said, like, I think, it, I, I have the, 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 the view how our faith should produce fruit, you know, in a sense, works. I think right. that kind of goes hand in hand. So if they believe salvation, justification is by faith alone, um, and they believe, as I, I think John 15, and then after that process is where we're abiding with Christ and Christ is abiding in us. And he's creating in us, you know, from that initial salvation, you know, those those qualities where, you know, we're conforming more to be like Christ um, in the way we act, the, 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 just the way we act in a sense and just, you know, on a daily dying to ourselves, you know, or you know yeah denying ourselves you know and picking up our cross i i think they 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 would believe that you know it's by faith alone but that's where the terms come into play because they say faith alone before justification they say after justification you can't just believe in faith alone faith alone just doesn't in a sense they say well you can't just say you have faith your faith should produce works that says james 2:24 says like faith without works is dead it is dead because it shows the genuineness of your faith if if that makes sense right so but so we're not talking about salvation we're talking about justification and they're saying that justification does not happen by faith alone like that's the belief of the catholic church is that justification does not happen by faith alone i'm because i'm i'm still confused on so you say they got justified, and then you said after the fact. Like, did you not say after the fact? After they were justified by faith, after their faith, after they professed they had faith. Who said this? You know, Who? I thought it was said in that Nicene. In the Nicene Creed? Or whatever you're reading right there. This is the. Yeah, the is... Council of Trent. With, so this with is the, the Council of Trent, which is infallible. This is like the infallible teaching of the church. I mean, in their view. Like, this is the official teaching of the Catholic Church. I Like, like I said, I would have to go back into words. Um, but like I said, I don't think still, even though if we do all these works, I still don't think they play a part in as we get to the... And I'm not saying, again, works are not important. But when we get to the end of our life, I still say that it's by salvation by um, grace through faith alone in Christ. He's, he's the one who bought it for us. I don't think at the end, you know, like I said, with some people, but I think, like I said, I that, that, the terms, but I agree that our faith should produce, you know, works in a sense. And they somewhat, if I kind of look at it, they somewhat justify our faith in the way that our faith was true and genuine. Yeah, so, you know, we're... We're down the rabbit hole here a little, a lot actually, because yeah, like, we're down the rabbit hole. like I'm not needing you to explain your belief. What I'm asking, like the, the, the question, the topic that we're talking about 
is what is essential to believe to be considered a saved Christian? What is essential to believe? Do you think that believing that justification is by faith alone is essential to be considered a saved Christian? And thus, Catholics yes. are not saved. Yes. And so Catholics yeah, are not Christians. Like, they're yes, not yes. saved Christians. Yes, yes. I think justification is by faith alone. That's no, a, that's not what I asked. You, know, you keep, you keep uh, not answering yes. the question. Is it yes. necessary well, the reason, to believe the that? Reason why the, yes, it is necessary. The only reason there why I go. say that is because I don't know terms. That's the thing. Like terms are, are you have to clearly define your terms um, in the way, you know, we as as people use. It's like it's like um, you bring up something like, I don't know, a word. You could have a different meaning for a word compared to someone else. That's why terms are so important to define. That's why I'm not really that's why I was iffy of saying, well, you know. Boom. Maybe they're not saved, but I, I think justification happens by faith alone. So, yeah, I think anyone who doesn't agree with that, that's essential in the Bible. I don't think anyone who agrees with that is um, not saved. All right. I'm trying to find you like a definition, like a, like an operational definition kind of for what they mean by justification um, specifically. It's but fun. I mean, the point is they don't believe that justification yeah. is by faith alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll have to send it to you later if I ever do find it. You have to. I I have learned this in the past that definitions are so important to to define. I mean, justification is just being yeah. made right before God, right? I mean, that's yeah, always the definition right. that I heard. Yeah, I mean, they could have a different perspective. That's. Uh, I mean, they. I think, as you were saying before, I think they do kind of unite sanctification and justification because justification happens like when you're baptized and you profess your faith, but then it also, you are continually justified throughout your life. Like there are things you do throughout your yeah. life that are continue like continually justifying you. Um, and that justification is you know grace from God, and so it's kind of different than the Protestant view, which is like you're justified once, and then after that there is no justification yeah. anymore. That happens you're just sanctified so it's it is but i mean do you think that view of justification is necessary like that view that it happens once and then there's never any justification that happens after that there's only sanctification as a separate process like do you think that's necessary because then they don't believe that either what that sanctification's necessary no 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 they i'm saying do you believe that it's ne that the doctrine of justification that it happens once in the beginning when you're born again and then there is no justification afterwards because you've already been fully justified and there's only sanctification that happens afterwards which is separate from the that's initial justification do you think that that doctrine of justification like one and done is necessary or do that, you think that you can have question. the catholic view which is that justification happens but then it keeps happening more and more see like i i view that like as they're saying justification happens the same thing as sanctification process right they're just calling it justification i guess they're just calling it justification. That's why I'm like, well, you know, it's kind of. But so you're essentially saying that, like, you just saying, yeah, we do. You're saying basically that, like, they believe the exact same thing, just kind of different words. Yes, <laughs> that's why I'm like, I don't want to say because I'm like, I don't know Catholic teaching. You know more, but if we actually had like a, maybe we could get Pope. Uh, what's the new Pope's name or the Francis Pope now? Pope Francis on here. He tell us all about it. He'd be telling us in, in Italian. It'd be, be like, thank you. We'd be, like, be like, thank you, Father. We don't know what you just said, but thank you. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so your five are inerrancy and authority of... Are those your only five, or did you have more? 
What did I say? I mean, the person of Christ kind of covered a lot. It's true. You said inerrancy and authority of Scripture. Uh, inerrancy and authority of Scripture, the Trinity, the person of Christ, bodily resurrection, and salvation by grace, justification by faith. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Then goes to the, the essential five. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, like, I'd be interested what you what you think... Do you think that, do you agree with the Nicene Creed? Like when I read that, did you did it sound like you agreed with that? Like that was basically what you believe? Um, I mean, because they do add things yeah, in the, here the, that you didn't mention. Not to say that like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you would disagree, I, but I, I I totally agreed with the Nicene Creed. I, I think it. Um, let me. I would have to. Let me point something out to you. Can I point something out to you? Yeah. The Nicene Creed says, we acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. Mm. We all know Derek's view on baptism after last time we talked about baptism. You know, I didn't know Presbyterians... I was seeing on that one Reformers Guys channel, I didn't know Presbyterians believe baptism was necessary for salvation, too. Many Protestants do. It's a pretty maybe, new maybe, belief that it doesn't. That it isn't. I th- kind of look... I think, again, I go back to... I think I'm... I, I think... Hmm, I heard it said like this, which I can't, I think I agreed more with, but... Mm. Yeah, I saying that it's more in a line with with not playing in a f- part in our justification, um, in a sense. Uh, but I guess it's saying, yeah, I don't know. Um, like I said, I I still need to go look more back into baptism. Um, I guess that's kind of a a bat Baptist view. Um. A what? Quote. That's what a Baptist view. Like, uh, like I was looking at the reformer, and it says Catholic Anglicans, Reformed, ref, reformers, uh, Presbyterians, and someone else. You're saying these people believe essential. that it's essential? Yeah, those those denominations. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, basically all, I, most. I would say most. I mean, Catholic, Catholic, yeah. Orthodox, Anglican, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Reformed. Uh, yeah. It's really only like Baptists, which same thing as evangelicals, basically. Like that's like basically just like the new denominations kind of don't see it that way. So you would that would be a sticking point for you in the Nicene Creed. It would be we acknowledge I, one baptism for the remission yeah, of sins because I mean, you don't believe that like baptism said, remits yeah. sins. Yeah. So yeah, I disagree with them. What about what about one holy Catholic and apostolic church? I don't think that has anything to, because that was the the church. That's the the church. When, when was the Nicene? That was the first creed, correct? Uh, it wasn't the first, but it was close. Like it was three twenty five. I mean, three three eighty one. First, that was the the in a sense not the first church because there was churches before the Catholic Church. Let's just point that out here. 
<laughs> let's just point that no, i was playing um yeah i mean i i don't think that has anything to buy and what what it what t what's the essential part of the the message um the, right but you would disagree stuff. with that though would you well, my, my my thing i'm pointing out about the one holy catholic and apostolic church isn't the catholic part it's the apostolic part because that goes back to our conversation about apostolic succession this is uh -huh. saying that the church is apostolic in terms that have that it has been passed down from the apostles um so is that also a sticking point for you because you don't believe in apostolic succession or like you don't believe that that's a important thing for the church to be apostolic i i, I would um yeah like i said um i believe in a holy and apostolic church um well how how does that quote to apostolic succession? Because that's what apostolic means. It means it's it's succeeded from the apostles. That's what it means for a church to be apostolic. Hmm. I don't know. I would have to. I would have to look into it. I mean, I mean, I di disagree with apostolic succession. So maybe you could say I disagree with that point. Um, I believe there's one church. I mean, as they kind of holy Catholic Church, Universal Church. I, I think there's one church body. Um, no matter denomination wise and but yeah i don't know i'd have to yeah let me think on it more i gotta use my thinking powers my mind's ready you know fried i'm not like you with critical analysis skills and snap of the finger wish i could snap but <laughs> you can't think like that <laughs> Derek think also on the fly snap. that's what he can't do yeah the many talents i don't have <laughs> yeah or whistle can you whistle? Yeah. Can't whistle? Can you give us a whistle? Wow. It's pretty good. Ladies, this is a talented man. All right, we're wrapping it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, you'll have to... Yeah, you'll have to read more about that. I'll send you stuff that I'm going to... After we're done, I'll... I get some stuff I got to read. Whoa, so I can send it whoa, to you. Because I want to send you what the definition of justification is. But Yeah. What Do you, do you have any more essential beliefs um, that you would... I didn't even lay out any of mine. All right. Give me your quick pitch on your essential. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't even, I never even disagreed with you or anything like that. Uh -huh. I like, or never even said any of mine. We could do a uh, part two. We'll be on mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I can ask you questions. We'll save. Uh, yeah. You can ask me questions about mine and we'll save all of mine for next time we talk. Yeah. That sounds good. Well, I'll keep thinking. Hey, I'm looking, I'm going to look more into that justification on the catholic sense yeah look more yeah. to the justification yeah. i'll uh i will too i'll send you yeah. some stuff all right i got you man all right well this is another episode of counterculture podcast thank you for watching everyone uh please share with a friend and don't forget to get in your bibles and you know start countering culture with biblical truth because that's our you know motto so thank you guys and then and love you and have a, a great week Adios.